Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines now open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. Sounds like Danny Shays agrees with, with my assessment of Tyus in that he could and probably would benefit from exposure at Syracuse should he come back in terms of his draft stock, but also agrees with, with what we've been saying, that that even that would be a roll of the dice. Because if he comes back and, again, plays on a better team, does he necessarily average 20 to 22 points next year? Or if because he's on a better team and there's more options and maybe he's not playing you know 40 minutes every single night, does his scoring average go down to 15 or 16? And then right. is that looked upon as, well, he didn't have that great of a year. Look, he scored Took 20 points back. a year as a sophomore, and now he's down to 16 um, but again, I think smart basketball minds will look at it and and they'll see that he'll be more efficient. He'll shoot the ball better. He'll be on a better team and, and understand that. But it is a risk either way. It's a risk if he goes forty seventh. And you know, Danny said what we've been saying all along that you better make it pretty quickly. Like you don't want to get stuck in the G League for a couple no. of years because if you're a second round pick. The, the investment is not there. It, the same investment is not there. Even if you get guaranteed money that first year, if you're a first-round pick, you get the guaranteed money for three years, and there is an investment there by the team that drafts you. So I think his point is right on, and, and you and I have brought up this point quite a bit, that if you go and you're a second-round pick, yes, there's money there. Yes, 70% of college basketball players that get drafted in the second round get money that first year. But what happens after that first year? And you can bet on yourself, and if you're good, and you're Draymond Green, and you get to that second contract quicker, it's great, and it works out, right. congratulations. Or if you're Jeremy Grant, and it works out, and you play a lot, and you you know he's going to cash in this summer. But what happens to everybody else? It feels like they're kind of the exception to the rule. And if you're Tyus Battle and you go 47th, there is a sense of urgency to to make an impression right away. Because if you don't, you can get lost in the G League, and then you've got... You know, guys coming in behind you, yeah. you know, the following year in the draft you get and the following year after that. And you get signed over. And, and then, you know, before you know it, you're you're playing over in Europe, you know, two years down the road. Yeah. I mean, look, it, either way is a risk because, as you've outlined there, you go 47, you end up in the G League, soon you're in Europe, and, you know, you never quite get to the NBA. Or you come back, you average 16 points a game because, oh, well, O'Shea's going to average a little bit more than he did last year. Maybe Frank averages a little bit more than he did last year. Maybe Merrick, too. And, you know, Barama Sidibe's healthy. So, you know, instead of 20 points, you're averaging 16. And, and that doesn't look as good. So there are risks on both sides. And I can't help but think, doesn't this come back to, to one centralized point here of he's a great college player, don't get me wrong, and, and I think he's an NBA player in that I, I look at him and he's athletic and he's six foot six and he's got the measurables and, and you know, his, his jump shot is good enough and could get better. But what's the one distinguishing skill? Like, what's what's the one thing that you look at Tyus Battle and say, he does that, right? And and I, I don't know, but I think this conversation ultimately, in the end, always circles back to that. And it's it's got to be what NBA guys are looking for. What does Tyus Battle do that makes you say, that's his thing? Right? I mean, if you look at the guys at the top of the draft, DeAndre Ayton's just a, a, a man-child, right? And so, and same with Marvin Bagley. And, and when you look at certain players, you know, okay, Gary Trent Jr. can shoot the three. That's going to get him drafted. 
Like he's a great shooter. Okay, what what does Tyus Battle do? Is he a three and D? Is is he an you know is is he going to be a, a ball dominant two? Like like what what is he and and what is his distinguishing skill that sets him apart? And, Let me and ask I guess you this. that's the question. Let me ask you this. You go back. Boy, it's been 15 years now since Carmelo came out. Sure. Carmelo had a, a distinguishing feature, right? He right. could score. I mean, he could fill it up. Okay. Well, don't forget he he rebounded no, at, a, at a great rate too. I, th- this isn't about Carmelo. Right, I just right. I, we, that was a no brainer. Like Carmelo did a lot of things exceptionally well, and that's why he's Carmelo, and that's why he went three, you know, third overall, and and that's why he's you know made a gazillion dollars in his career. So this isn't about Carmelo. My point was, since Carmelo, who would you say is the the best NBA player to come out of Syracuse. Can I can I throw I mean, a name it, out? Is it to, Dion? Yeah, I was going to say I would throw the name Dion Waiters he out. There. He is he's the first one that comes to mind. Okay, when he came out of school though, and let's say we were having this conversation, you know, right now about Dion before he was drafted. What would you say? What would you say? What does Dion Waiters do exceptionally well? I don't know. Okay, he's very athletic, right? And. You know, he's aggressive. Like he, you yep. know, he, he's he's downhill when he goes to the basket, yep. for lack of a better term, like a running back. He's got like, the irrational confidence. He's which, confident. Which you knew he's in athletic, college. and and he he can make plays. Um, could you not say? And I'm not saying they're similar players, but could you not say the same thing about Tyus right now? Very very athletic. He Didn't can create his, do it better. Create his own shot off the dribble. And again, Dion was on a better team. Let's not forget. Sure. Tyus can create his own shot. Right. He's confident. Yeah. He's He's got decent size for a guard, and he's athletic. And again, I, I realize their games are different. And, and, oh, by the way, when you look at these comparisons, when, it, you know, each prospect, you know, who do they compare to in the NBA? I actually did see one comparison it's that compared Deion. him to Deion Waiters. Yeah. So, as I'm, as I'm kind of talking about this here, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a crazy I think it's comparison. A, I don't no. think it's a strange comparison. Like I think it, it makes no, a lot of sense. You, but couldn't you say that Dion had those skills, but just like a little bit better? Again, at the time, I don't know. I mean, since then, we've seen like he's that it is. he's made right. it in the NBA. I mean, he he bet on himself. He went to Miami and he bet on himself. He did. took less money. And it worked. Said this is a good opportunity for me, and it paid off. And and he cashed in. Um, but at the time when he was coming out, I don't know if you could say he does he. You know, if you compare him and Tyus side by side at at the same time in their career, coming out right. of their sophomore year, right. could you say that Dion was that much better than Tyus Battle? I'm not so sure about that. Well, and then and then you get to the interesting point: How is he a top five pick, and Tyus is maybe not getting drafted? Well, he obviously worked out well, and he obviously right. had a promise, and he obviously knew that, and that's why he called off workouts. He knew, all right, I'm good. There's there's no reason for me to get hurt. There's no reason for me to to go out and prove myself to anybody else. I've got my guarantee. I've got my promise. And 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 you're right. It he he went fourth overall, opposed to you know Tyus. We're talking maybe early second round. So in any event, I I just bring it up because. You know, I do think Tyus Battle translates to the next level. And I do think if he comes back and he's on a bigger stage, you know, next year again at the college stage and he's able to, you know, show what he's got one more time with better teammates and he shoots the ball better from the outside and he continues to improve, I do think he's got a good shot of landing in the first round, which again is an investment from a team and it's job security and it's more money. And again, he also has a good. He, there's also a chance that he comes back and is in the same position and as is he disappointing or gets hurt. Or, and, and I get all that. That's why it's a risk either way. I just and I'm not. I'm not saying he should do something. You know, he should go or he should come back. I'm not saying that. It's it's very up in the air, and I get it. It feels fifty fifty, and and I'm. I, I think you can make a case either way. 
it sounds like if Danny Shays was advising him, he would tell him to come back. And I and I guess if if the feedback he's getting is that he's going in the middle of the second round, I guess I would lean toward maybe he should come back and and give himself a chance at a first at being a first round pick next year. We do need to take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two right after this. But first, here's Max with a Sports Center update. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Phone lines open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. We'll leave Ty's battle on the table. SU basketball, certainly NBA playoffs on the table as well. Uh, we kick off hour number two, though, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, and, and we wanted to devote a little time uh, to this today because it's it's a complicated story, and, and, and we need to, to kind of work our way through it. So the NFL has, has adopted a new policy in regards to the national anthem and in regards to what we saw last year with players kneeling and they felt like, as a league, the owners in the league decided they wanted to address it. So without the backing from the players, and that's that's a topic that we certainly need to get to, but the NFL just adopted this policy today. And we'll have to see how it plays out with the the players' union and, and so on and so forth. But there are... Six highlights, if you will, of this new policy. I'll rattle them off, and then we can discuss. Number one, all team and league personnel on the field shall stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Number two, the game operations manual will be revised to remove the requirement that all players be on the field for the anthem. Meaning, players can stay in the sure. locker room if they want to. Right now, that is against the rules, against you the NFL You have to be rules. on the field. You right. have to be on the field. Now the NFL is saying, all right, if you don't want to stand for the anthem, you don't have to be on the field. Number three, personnel who choose not to stand for the anthem may stay in the locker room or in a similar location off the field until the anthem has been performed. I just mentioned that. Number four, a club will be fined by the league if its personnel are on the field and do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Number five, each club may develop its own work rules consistent with the above principles regarding the personnel who do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem, meaning the teams will punish the players, not the NFL. The NFL will fine the teams. The teams will then, well, they'll leave it up to the teams on on how they want to handle it with the players. And then number six, lastly, the commissioner will impose appropriate discipline on league personnel who do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Whatever that means. Again, it sounds like they're trying to work their way around the Players Association by saying, well, we're not going to fine you. We're Your find team the will deal right. with you. We are going to find the owners. We are going to find the teams. We will discipline the teams, and then they can deal with you. So your thoughts, Seth Goldberg? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really get it. And, and I know that somebody who's going to call in or tweet at me or, or it's been around Twitter already is saying, well, the NBA's got these rules that you have to stand during the, the national anthem. But it, it feels like the NBA's got a much different culture, right, where it's kind of okay and there, there's some kind of discussion about protest and, and social issues and, and whatever it may be. So it it's never been a problem for them. But the NFL to come in after it was a problem and say, no, we need to get this taken care of, and you know what the best solution is? It's this. Like I, I don't think that's the answer, right? Like I, I don't think the answer here for not listening to your players a year and a half ago is to, again, not listen to your players. 
And ultimately, and, and this is maybe a, a stupid rhetorical question, ultimately, aren't we going to be having the same discussion, but instead of talking about players on the field kneeling, we'll be talking about the players who didn't show up? Like, yes. aren't, aren't we all, like, doesn't this, this doesn't change the conversation. And doesn't this add more fuel to the fire of, let's let's use Colin Kaepernick as an example, okay, he has accused the NFL and its owners of collusion and then nobody wants them on their team because, you know, they've, uh, the owners have all decided, right, we're not going to employ Colin Kaepernick. Won't this add to that? And won't there be more Colin Kaepernick? Because, well, this guy is a risk. This guy has shown that he, he may not. Oh, Michael Michael Bennett doesn't, doesn't like to, or, uh, uh, Olivier Vernon of the Giants doesn't like, doesn't, doesn't stand. He, he wants to protest. And, I don't. I don't get it. Look, protests. Protests are, by their very nature, supposed to annoy people, right? Like they're supposed to bother you. That's what a protest is. And if you don't like what they're doing, that's fine. It's a protest. You you don't have to like what they're doing. But the point of this is to try and do something different. To try and bring your attention to something else. And right from the start, this protest was thrown for whatever reasons outside of football and outside of their their attention it was thrown into something bigger than what it was and it immediately turned into a disrespecting the flag and the military in this country which it never was supposed to be and if you and if you look and if you listen to what Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and Olivier Vernon and and all the players have said that's never been what it's about so for the NFL to now come out and say, well, you have to respect the flag. First off, what's that mean? Does it mean that I have to be standing there, hand over my heart, looking up at the flag as, as the National Anthem is, is playing? Does it mean if I'm standing out there, head down, hands hands in front of me, arms arms at my my side, that's disrespectful? What does that mean? There's no or answer, Or if you're not right? paying attention right. and you're, like, tucking in your jersey. While yeah, I- but if I'm standing there and I'm, and I'm, you know, kicking around the dirt in front of me and I'm chewing a piece of bubble gum, like, is that disrespectful? I, I don't, like, I, I think it leaves so much out there and then throw on top of it, you didn't consult the players and you're just throwing this on them and the players don't agree with it. And the Players Association releasing a statement, and, and I'll read it here, uh, saying the NFL chose to not consult the union in the development of this new air quotes policy. The NFL NFL players have shown their patriotism through their social activism, their community service in support of our military and law enforcement. And yes, through their protests to raise awareness about the issues they care about. The vote by the NFL club CEOs today contradicts statements made by our player made to our player leadership by Commissioner Roger Goodell and chairman of the NFL's management committee, John Mara, about the principles, values, and patriotism of the league. Our union will review the new, quotes, policy and challenge any aspect of it that is inconsistent with the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, I don't know how you make this decision and impose it without without getting them on the phone, without having them in the room, without, without trying to you know, you say it's compromised. It, it's clearly not a compromise, right? Two, two things. Uh, number one, you brought up the NBA. And my guess is that if this was a thing in the NBA, and this was something that the league wanted to address, my guess is that phone call would take place. It feels like 
there is an open line of communication, or at least more so, with the players and Adam Silver and the owners, and and it it feels more like a partnership in the NBA than it does in the NFL. In the NFL, it feels very much like it's the owners against the players, and Roger Goodell is always on the owner's side. That that's yes. the way it feels. I totally so, I totally agree, but because the NBA's got this policy, right? And but so you that, don't feel like there's any strained relationship there. And that leads me to my second point, which is. If you think that protests are going to end because of this policy, I think you're mistaken. Because what makes the what makes it more impactful? A, a guy who kneels during the anthem and there's no discipline, or a guy who kneels during the anthem and he knows that there's going to be discipline coming. So to me, if you truly want to protest and you truly want to make an impact and you truly want to make a statement... This makes an even more impactful statement, in my opinion, if you were to take the field and still kneel than it than it would have last year. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you I, agree with yes, that? Yes, I absolutely agree with you. And and look, we, we know the reason that this is up and, and a story and needs to take place is because of the politics of it and because it's it's been mentioned at presidential rallies and because it's been mentioned in that in that world, right? It's it's not just a sports story because it it has grown larger for whatever reason. Do you think that owners who have been critical of of the administration or are critical of of the politics of people who have had an issue with this are going to care if you ding them, right? Do you think Do you think David David Tepper, the new owner of the Panthers, who has a net worth of eleven billion dollars and has been an outspoken critic of the president at times over over the course of his you know professional career, do you think he's gonna? mind a fine if if one of his players protests something and he thinks it's the right thing to do or you know do, do you think that these owners who who agree with some of the values of the protests are going to have a problem with paying a fine you know given their net worth and given and given their values you know if if they agree with it my answer to that is i'm going to answer it with a question define ding are we talking how big of five thousand? Are we talking five hundred thousand? If we're talking a half a million dollars, and again, I, I realize I might be exaggerating here, but if the NFL truly wants to curb this and truly wants the teams to to put their foot down, then they're going to make the fine significant. So again, number four is a club a- will be fined by the league if its personnel are on the field and do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. And then again, number six is the commissioner will impose discipline on the league personnel that that sure. don't show respect. So again, does that mean the commissioner, I, I have a lot of questions with this, but does the commissioner have the authority to find the players, even though the Players Association is not on board of this, can the commissioner still find the Players Association, the players, um, and I'm sure that it will, will be appealed by the Players Association. But So that's question number one. Question number two is, you just said, you know, if they get dinged, will they care? Define dinged. How much are we talking here? And that again, we would be speculating. But if we're talking a couple thousand, I'm with you. Might not be a big deal. You start getting fined a hundred grand every week because you've got guys going out and taking a knee. That adds up, you know, over the course of a season, Seth. And, and I got to think that it, you know, can I, then the, can the, I the team a, owner is going to start thinking thinking twice about can it. Can I ask a stupid question in regards sure. to this? How much matters to Paul Allen, who's worth twenty billion dollars? I, I don't know. You know, like, like I don't what's, know. What's the number that all of a sudden this matters to him? I don't know. Like, at, at what point is he like, you know what? No, like, hey, Michael Bennett, let's cool it. Let me ask you this: Did uh, you know the the discipline for Spygate? Did that matter to the Patriots? I think it did. Right? Didn't that didn't that hit home a little bit? 
draft pick, a fine. Sure. Like it I'm not saying it's something they can't handle, but did did they feel that? Yeah. So if Whatever the discipline is, if the commissioner's office, the league office, makes the the owners feel it, whatever that is, and you're right, I don't know what the threshold is, but you start, you know, for an owner to have to write that check, let's say it's $100,000 every week for 16 weeks, it's a million and a half dollars. Like yes. that, that adds up that over adds the course. Up. So all I'm saying is, you know, there, there's so many questions with this. Um, I hate the fact that the the players' association was not consulted. Yes, and I think personally, I think it's going to lead to. I don't think it's going to lead to less protests. Let's put it that way. I, I don't. Either. I don't know if it'll lead to more. I think it's going to. You know, the the owners are going to dig their heels in on this. I think the players are going to dig their heels on this as well. 315-437-7644. we got to take a timeout. Yep. We'll get back to this on the other side. Orange Nation rolls out right after this on ESPN Radio. Go. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Steven Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines remain open at 315-437-7644. I cut you off uh, at the end of the last segment. We had to get to a timeout. Uh, we'll we'll wrap up our conversation here over the course of the next several minutes, then we'll get to today's business. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, Seth. No, it's fine. Uh, we, we're behind the clock. Yeah, what... Uh, we had to pay some bills. What point were yeah. you going to make uh, about uh, about the, the anthem in this new policy? That I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think this is going to stop or slow down or lessen the, the protests. I, I really don't. I, I don't think it's going to change much of anything. Uh, the Players Association is going to fight this. Uh, they've made that much clear. And right now, <laughs> the punishment doesn't fall on the players. I mean, unless you play for an owner who's, who's hardline against this, like the Houston Texans owner or the Dallas Cowboys owner or the Washington Redskins owner. Uh, I mean, if you know that your owner is kind of sort of okay with it, you're you're probably going to do all right. Now, I, I saw this in the break, which I, I found interesting. Art Rooney of the Steelers said, while it is not defined, he believes that raising a fist and linking arms during the anthem would also constitute disrespect of the anthem. Linking arms? Yeah. Well, remember, players did that last year. Yeah, no, I I, I remember. How, hey, owners did that with how the players. How is that disrespectful? I don't know. I don't know. Like, this has gone so beyond anything that makes any sense to me. Doesn't it? I, I mean, the, this conversation and this idea has, has just moved beyond anything that that makes any kind of rational sense. And, and they basically, they want you to stand their hand over heart and anything else is going to be a problem. It's certainly what it seems to me. Which, okay, fine. If that's what you want the rule to be, fine. The NBA does that, okay. But have some other avenue to allow players to do something, right? Allow allow players to, you know, I, I don't know, have, have an open line of communications in this whole thing uh, and, and make it more of a collaborative effort. It, it feels like it's just kind of sloppily thrown together where nobody really knows what any of it means. I realize this is this is probably a, a secondary it's not probably it is. This is a secondary topic to what we're discussing here or secondary debate. But do you think that this could impact which teams are attractive to free agents? Yes. Which absolutely. which owners, you know, you feel like, well this guy will have my back, this guy maybe not so much. Sure. I think so. If if this if the policy is going to stay that owners have the ability to levy punishments on players, yeah, I do. 
And you said at what point, you said in the last segment, what point, you know, do the owners start to feel it? And I realize these owners are worth, you know, gazillions of dollars. Um, and, and that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. But if the commissioner's office levies a fine on the teams, and again, for the sake of argument, let's say it's a hundred grand every week, and I'm not sure they would even feel that, but a hundred grand, two hundred grand, whatever it is, and they got to write that check. And then, you know, supposedly they're they're losing out on some attendance every week and concessions and parking because there's a, a faction of the fan base that disagrees with this and and won't show up. And you know, maybe they lose out on television revenue, you know, down the line because you know ratings are down. Uh, and again, that's one of the reasons given. I don't know if I buy it, but that's one of the reasons given. So you say, at what point, you know, do you feel the fine? Um, listen, if an owner's losing money and significant money, they're going to feel it pretty quickly. So, again, I think it comes down to, do you have your players back or not? Right. I don't think you look at it as, well, it's an insignificant fine and brush it under the rug. I think it's it's going to be a conscious decision by the owners. I do, too. What am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? I think there are going to be owners that say, I've got players back, I'll cover the fine, I'll cover whatever punishment comes my way, and just do what you're doing. And I think there are going to be owners who are saying, Like Jerry no, Jones, know. who says, you know what, we're going to fine you. Right. Or, or, again, the the Texans owner, uh, uh, who was just going to say, no, you're paying this fine and then some, right? You you might have to pay more than what I was fined because of this. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And and you know, you mentioned what faction of fans are are not showing up, are not watching, whatever it may be. I I believe that that group is out there. Like, don't get me wrong when I say what I'm about to say. I believe that group is out there. I don't know that it's a very significant group. I don't know that it's a very large group. I should say. I I just I don't I don't think that is a large enough group to explain the down ratings. Uh, you know, I I think that when you you look at attendance, the places still sell out. You know, if 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 you're not going to go to the game, I'm going to go to the game. Let you me know, say somebody this, else buy, buy the ticket. Let me say this though: you don't get to be in a lot of these cases. You don't get to be a gazillionaire uh, by making poor business decisions, right? You, I agree. You make decisions that are are best for the bottom line, generally. Some, or you get lucky, right? Or you, you, it's inherited, <laughs> or you know, whatever, whatever it may be. You know, you say you, you get lucky, um, but generally, you at some point somebody made some great business decisions to, to be able to accumulate that kind of wealth. So, you know, I I don't even though you know you say that faction is small, and even though well, TV ratings might dip a little bit, and it's not going to hurt you but all that much. But it's indicative of the whole industry, the right. whole thing, yeah. You know, or the, okay, the league's going to find me, but it's it's going to be insignificant, and and. I don't know. I don't know if an owner looks at it like that, like, oh, I can afford it. I think the owner looks at it, to be honest with you, like it's a nuisance in a lot of cases. But there, there's obviously a, a reason and a, and a good reason for for this. So I, I'm interested to see which owners have their players' backs and which owners say, you know what, if we get fined, you get fined, that is, and that you is can reimburse the, me. That is going to be one of the more fascinating stories of this season, isn't it? Yeah. Which which coach which players are like, eh, you know what? So we're in agreement. These these protests will continue. Yes, absolutely. I, I think so. Absolutely. And I and I think in a lot of ways they'll be more impactful. I do too. And and I and I also think I also think that staying in the locker room will be seen as a form of protest. No doubt. I mean, you're gonna instead of saying, "Oh, well, that guy knelt and that guy knelt and that guy knelt," you're gonna be like, "Huh? Who's not there's out only, here? There's only like 20 people on the sideline. What's what's going on? Right? Like you're gonna notice if if players are missing." You know what would be really impactful? If a team just stayed in the locker room. Yeah. Like what the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to do. Certainly would. Um, 
I think the protests are going to continue. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It'll be interesting to see now, you know, the relations between the players and their teams and the owners and, and how it how it all goes down, how it's handled. 315-437-7644. We are behind. We do have to take another time out. We'll get to today's business next. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. Phone lines remain open at 315-437-7644. I, I cut you off uh, at the end of the last segment. We had to get to a timeout. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up our conversation here over the course of the next several minutes, then we'll get to today's business. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, Seth. No, it's fine. Uh, we, we're behind the clock. Yeah, what... Uh, we had to pay some bills. What point were yeah. you going to make uh, about uh, about the, the anthem in this new policy? That I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think this is going to stop or slow down or lessen the, the protests. I, I really don't. I, I don't think it's going to change much of anything. Uh, the Players Association is going to fight this. Uh, they've made that much clear. And right now, <laughs> the punishment doesn't fall on the players. I mean, unless you play for an owner who's, who's hardline against this, like the Houston Texans owner or the Dallas Cowboys owner or the Washington Redskins owner. Uh, I mean, if you know that your owner is kind of sort of okay with it, you're you're probably going to do all right. Now, I, I saw this in the break, which I, I found interesting. Art Rooney of the Steelers said, while it is not defined, he believes that raising a fist and linking arms during the anthem would also constitute disrespect of the anthem. Linking arms? Yeah. Well, remember, players did that last year. Yeah. No, I I, I remember. How, I mean, owners did that with how the players. How is that disrespectful? I don't know. I don't know. Like, this has gone so beyond anything that makes any sense to me. Doesn't it? I mean, the, this conversation and this idea has, has just moved beyond anything that, that makes any kind of rational sense. And... and they basically they want you to stand their hand over heart, and anything else is going to be a problem. It is certainly what it seems to me. Which okay, fine. If that's what you want the rule to be, fine. The NBA does that, okay. But have some other avenue to allow players to do something, right? Allow allow players to you know I I don't know have have an open line of communications in this whole thing, uh, and and make it more of a collaborative effort. It, it feels like it's just kind of. Sloppily thrown together, where nobody really knows what any of it means. I realize this is this is probably a, a secondary. It's not probably. It is. This is a secondary topic to what we're discussing here, or secondary debate. But do you think that this could impact which teams are attractive to free agents? Yes, which, absolutely. Which owners, you know, you feel like, well, this guy will have my back. This guy, maybe not so much. Sure, I think so. If if this. If the policy is going to stay that owners have the ability to levy punishments on players, yeah, I do. And you said at what point, you said in the last segment, what point, you know, do the owners start to feel it? And I realize these owners are worth, you know, gazillions of dollars. Um, and, and that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. But if the commissioner's office levies a fine on the teams, and again, for the sake of argument, let's say it's a hundred grand every week. And I'm not sure they would even feel that, but 
100 grand, 200 grand, whatever it is, and they got to write that check. And then, you know, supposedly they're they're losing out on some attendance every week and concessions and parking because there's a, a faction of the fan base that disagrees with this and and won't show up. And, you know, maybe they lose out on television revenue, you know, down the line because, you know, ratings are down. Uh and again, that's one of the reasons given. I don't know if I buy it, but that's one of the reasons given. So you say at what point, you know, do you feel the fine? Um Listen, if an owner's losing money and significant money, they're going to feel it pretty quickly. So, again, I think it comes down to do you have your players back or not? Right. I don't think you look at it as, well, it's an insignificant fine and brush it under the rug. I think it's it's going to be a conscious decision by the owners. I do, too. What am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? I think there are going to be owners that say, I've got players back, I'll cover the fine, I'll cover whatever punishment comes my way, and just do what you're doing. And I think there are going to be owners who are saying, like Jerry no, Jones, know. who says, you know what, we're going to find you. Right. Or, or again, the the Texans owner, uh, uh, who is just going to say, no, yeah, you're paying this fine and then some, right? You you might have to pay more than what I was fined because of this. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And and you know, you mentioned what faction of fans are are not showing up, are not watching, whatever it may be. I I believe that that group is out there. Like, don't get me wrong when I say what I'm about to say. I believe that group is out there. I don't know that it's a very significant group. I don't know that it's a very large group, I should say. I, I just I don't I don't think that is a large enough group to explain the down ratings. Uh I, you know, I I think that when you, you look at attendance, the places still sell out. You know, if 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 you're not gonna go to the game, I'm gonna go to the game. Let you me know, say somebody this, else buy the, buy the ticket. Let me say this though. You don't get to be in a lot of these cases, you don't get to be a gazillionaire. Uh, by making poor business decisions, right? You, I agree. You make decisions that are are best for the bottom line, generally. Some or you get lucky, right? Or you, you get, it's inherited, <laughs> or you know whatever whatever it may be. You know, you say you, you get lucky, um, but generally, you at some point somebody made some great business decisions to, to be able to accumulate that kind of wealth. So. You know, I, I don't, even though, you know, you say that faction is small, and even though, well, TV ratings might dip a little bit, and it's not going to hurt you but all that much. But it's indicative of the whole industry, the right. whole thing, yeah. You know, or, the, okay, the league's going to find me, but it's it's going to be insignificant, and, and I, I don't know. I don't know if an owner looks at it like that, like, oh, I can afford it. I think the owner looks at it, to be honest with you, like, it's a nuisance in a lot of cases, but... There, there's obviously a, a reason and a, and a good reason for, for this, so... I'm interested to see which owners have their players' backs and which owners say, you know what, if we get fined, you get fined, that is, and that you is can reimburse the, me. That is going to be one of the more fascinating stories of this season, isn't it? Yeah. Which which coach, which players are like, eh, you know what. So we're in agreement. These, these protests will continue. Yes. Absolutely. I, I think so. Absolutely. And I, and I think in a lot of ways they'll be more impactful. I do too. And, and, I, and I also think... I also think that staying in the locker room will be seen as a form of protest. No doubt. I mean, you're going to, instead of saying, oh, well, that guy knelt and that guy knelt and that guy knelt, you're going to be like, huh. Who's not out only, here? There's only like 20 people on the sideline. What's what's going on? Right? Like, you're going to notice if, if players are missing. You know what would be really impactful? If a team just stayed in the locker room. Yeah. Like what the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to do. Certainly would. Um, I think the protests are going to continue. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It'll be interesting to see now. You know the relations between the players and their teams and the owners and and how it how it all goes down how it's handled three one five four three seven seventy six forty four we are behind we do have to take another time out we'll get to today's business next keep it here Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. 
live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. we got about 20 minutes left in the show. We'll get to today's business uh, in a moment, but uh, we do want to get to a phone call here. Uh, Paul in Syracuse joining us now on Orange Nation. Hey, Paul, how are you today? Good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Good. Hey, I don't agree with anything you guys just said because I honestly think that if you're if, if the protests upset a lot of people, which it did, and you downplayed all that, but it did upset a lot of people. This is a small community here, and I knew dozens of people who have been watching the NFL for forever who stopped watching the NFL, and you saw fannies that weren't in the seats, and it wasn't you know it wasn't because people were happy; it was because they were upset. I mean, I saw I saw a game between my team, the Giants, and the Eagles. And there was a chief petty officer, a guy who was retired, is a black man. And he got on, he was on a little pedestal and he was singing a national anthem. They panned over away from him, and there were four or five Eagles players standing there, standing there with their fists raised in the air and stuff. I thought to myself, this man, 30 years of his life probably, in service to his country, and these guys are in his face with their fists and stuff. I mean, I know, I know a man who was uh, a 25 year. Uh, police police officer on the Buffalo Police Department. And he said the second time he was out there and this happened, he says, I couldn't even believe it because I thought the first time was like an anomaly kind of like. He says, but I'm a, I'm a veteran and I'm a 25-year uh, retiree of, of the Buffalo Police Department. He loves the bill. He's been there in security, in a, in a security capacity for uh, since the Jim Kelly days and stuff early on. And uh he, he was so disappointed that he couldn't do it anymore. He just couldn't, he couldn't do the security anymore because he thought, I'm providing for security, and there are a lot of men out here like me who are not or veterans or first responders who love their country, who love their flag, and these guys are disrespecting that, and it just broke his heart. Now, this, man, this man, man's not a fascist. This man's not a jerk. This man's not an idiot. I know, who, I know him personally. And he was very offended, and he was very hurt. I would say hurt even more than offended and stuff. But that's the reason why a lot of people stopped going to the games, and it did hurt revenues last year in the NFL, and it did hurt rate, hurt ratings. So if you're going to stop this sort of thing, the political politicization of, of football and sports, and you're an owner and stuff, and you're stopping the bleeding essentially, you are helping the players because you're keeping the revenue uh, stream coming in, you're keeping the ratings up there, and you're making you know you're making uh, you know the viewers happy and stuff. If liberals would prefer that men go out and protest all the time, you know I I don't you know. Well, hang, hang on, Paul, and and I I understand everything you're saying. I'm just curious. You you started by saying you disagree with everything we we've been saying. What what part of what we said do you disagree with? Because it's obviously a hot button issue. Well, wait, obviously, wait, wait, some wait. people. Okay, let me answer that. Yeah, go ahead. I'll answer really quickly. Covering the players' backs. Now, if 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 you if you explain to someone what I tried to explain to you guys and stuff that it's hurting us, folks. We're a business. It's hurting our ratings. It's hurting our attendance at the game, and it's angering a lot of people, millions of people. And I know this. I mean, it, it's it's a fact. Then the players have to kind of like knock it off because okay, you made your point. You protested. I mean, I know you have the right to protest, but if you're if you're going to make a, a football game into a political event, a lot of people aren't going to be happy with that because it's not a political event. It's kind so, of a, kind of a means of escaping everyday life and the political 
hurly burly that's become our our divided society. Okay, so hang that. on, hang on, stay on the line with this, Paul. So if the if the owner then finds the player, you think that he's protecting his players by and large because, like, on a 53-man roster, let's say he finds three players who protest, so he's actually protecting the other 50 by finding those three. Is that what you're saying? If you, if you, if you do something, yeah, I think it's because I think, I think if, if, My, if, if, if you're not, if you're keeping it, if you're trying to tell people, look at, you tell the players, you tell the coaches, you tell America, look at, Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to do what they want to do and stuff, essentially. But are you going to do on game day, which is our official three-hour uh, meeting with the public every week, if you're, going to, if you're going to make this a political event and upset people and you're going to hurt our bottom line and stuff, then you're just hurting yourself as well. So and, and my, I think essentially it's a, yeah. means, it's a means of telling them, look, we're not going to make the NFL football game a political event anymore. So then why do we, uh, broad question here that is meant to maybe create a problem, why do we play the anthem? Like, why, why do we do it in the first to place? Honor, to honor the freest country but in isn't the world. That, and, but isn't that politicizing you, our sports? No, it isn't. If, you, if you think playing the national anthem is, is, uh, is, is, a, is somehow is politically incorrect, I'm not saying it is. You, I'm not saying it is. I'm just, I, I've seen the point raised. It's, you know, I, I think that it's, uh, it's, uh, inherently, national anthems are nationalistic, right? And if you're concerned about politicizing sports, patriotic. that's fine, right? And and so and listen, Paul, let's let's not What's have wrong the, with patriotism. Hang on, What's nothing. Wrong with patriotism? Nothing. Paul, hang on, hang on. Let's not let this go downhill. We're in no way, shape, or form trying. No, it's to, going uphill because I mentioned right. patriotism, and you met, you said nationalism. The nationalism has a very negative connotation because you're suggesting somehow or other a fascistic. No, no, I wasn't. No, 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 no. Well, you said nationalist. All right, so patriots. Hang on, sorry. Le- leave Paul on the line. Yeah. let's let's have a like a respectful conversation about this. So okay. Seth and I are in no way, shape, or form trying uh, politicizing this. We're we're laying out that the the NFL felt like it had to address it. The NFL did today, and and these are the steps that they took. And so I think it's curious to see how the owners will respond to players who protest because there will still be players who protest. And and my point is. That it's a team sport, right? And and what are the cliches, Paul? You you know you're in this together. It's every every man, you know, they're, they're my brothers, so on and so forth. So if you start treating players differently on the team, my guess is, and again, this is not a political view by me. This is just looking at it from a, a sports perspective. My guess is, if you start treating players on your team differently than other players, I would think that is going to cause a problem. So I'm I'm just curious to see. How plays out with the owners and with the players, and especially because the Players Association is not on board with this, and they were not consulted. So I I think it it was a situation that, in my opinion, I think it was starting to die down, and I think by doing this today, I think the NFL kind of provided another spark and, and added fuel to the fire again, if you will. Are you with us, Paul? Yeah, I think they're just, I I don't know. I I wouldn't say that taking action is inherently uh, controversial, even if it does raise controversy. Uh, what I guess what I'm trying to say is this: It's like did the NFL owners or any of the coaches in the NFL at any time 
make this a controversial thing initially by saying you ought to protest or you can't protest or, you know, I don't think so. They found themselves in a situation where men were protesting and maybe they felt they, they had a need to because there were a lot of things going on at the time as far as, like, police shooting sure. unarmed black right. men and stuff. And I know then they even raised other issues like the president, how many black men are in jails. And it's like, look, it, if you want to protest that badly, go outside the stadium during game time. Everybody will notice you. You know, if you want to really stick your neck out and you want to say, well, you know, this is controversial. This is really controversial. And I but I got to I got to do this because uh, I feel that it's that important. <laughs> Would you, would you recommend anybody do that? All right, and, and Paul, because I, if you really, yeah. if you really, you know, I mean, if you really can't live without protesting this forever, then maybe you gotta, maybe you ought to be in a, a professional protester instead of a professional ball player. All right, and and Paul, we gotta let you go because we're up against the clock. I will say this: I, I don't think we disagree all that much because I, I I do think there are players that are going to feel that it's that important to them that they have to protest, which is why I'm saying I think we will continue to see the protests happen. And how are the protests happen? They're going to go out for the national anthem, and I think you are still going to see players kneel or raise their fist or or however however the protests are made. So I agree with you on that, Paul. That I think there will be players who think it's that important that they need to continue to protest. What I'm saying is, and I think what's is saying is that I'm intre- I'm genuinely interested to see how this plays out and how the owners go about handling this because the NFL made it known today they are going to find the teams if that happens. What do the owners do in response? Do they find the players? Do they say I've got my players back? Right. That it's their right to protest. And if they do find their players, are said players not going to want to play for that owner because? He, he doesn't listen to my views. He, he doesn't want, again, right or wrong, we're not picking sides here. We're in no way, shape, or form politicizing this. It's just, it's, it's a fact that they're going to they're gonna have to decide how to handle this. And yes. I'm, I'm genuinely cur- curious to see how that happens. Right. They're, they're going to have to pick a side. Each individual owner is going to have to pick a side. All right. We got to take our final time out. We will get to today's business when we return.